Drawn and Paneled is the comic book showcase podcast from Gen X Grown Up. Every Wednesday, we bring you news, reviews, interviews, insight, and commentary on the comic books we love from the golden age to the modern age. We love to hear from our podcast listeners, so write to us at podcast at drawnandpaneled.com. And if you enjoy what we do, please take a moment to support us by becoming one of our patrons at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Welcome back, podcast listeners, to this, the Drawn and Panel podcast. With me, as always, today is Jason. Hey, everybody. And today we have got a lot of stuff to get into, but before we do, we have got some listener email to get into, Jason. Oh, wow. So finally, we get some listener email. I know, right? (laughs) It's getting out to the folks. Yeah, it's awesome. That's very cool. Well, today we have one from Will B. Will B says, just wanted to drop you guys a line to say that it was great to meet you both at InfinityCon. Okay, Will was the gentleman that we met at InfinityCon who said he listens to us on the way from his work travels. Uh, yes, our fan that came up to the table to specifically meet us. Yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and that I've been in greatly enjoying the show since I first heard you on Laser Time. I enjoyed your piece on the pros and cons of online comic book shops. For the last few years, I've been predominantly a digital reader due to space and cost reasons. We all mm-hmm. know what that's oh, like. Oh yeah, absolutely. I pull a couple of books per month at a local shop, but I could very easily see transitioning to buying those online as well. The prices and convenience are hard to beat and I've been a little turned off during a few trips to the shop where people were scavenging for variant covers to resell online. Oh, okay. That's That's something we haven't really thought about. That's a good point. In any case, thanks for putting out such a solid show and for the Stabity Bunny recommendation, I'm about halfway through the trade I picked up and enjoying it greatly. Well, there you go. Uh, Thank you, Will, for the feedback. Absolutely. It sounds like we brought him something pretty cool, so I'm happy about that. That's awesome. Yes, and that uh, his talk about the variant covers and people scavenging for those to sell online, that may be a discussion for a future episode. That's that's a big thing right now. Absolutely. I mean, I know that I like to pick up some of the variant covers, not to resell them, but just I like the different covers that come out for some of the books. So I hadn't really thought about people scavenging them for resell online to try and make a profit on their comic books that week, I guess. Yeah, I'm guilty of doing that from time to time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's really great to hear from Will. We really appreciate it. I know Will has also joined us on Patreon as one of our supporters for Gen X Grown Up, which is really great. That helps keep the light on here at Gen X Grown Up and Drawn and Paneled. So if you guys want to join Will in that support, head over to patreon.com slash Gen X Grown Up. We'll put the link down in the show notes at the end of the episode. And we really appreciate any support that you can give us. If you want to hear your emails, comments, or suggestions, right online you can write to us at podcast at drawnandpanel.com yep keep those emails coming this is billy batson star reporter for station wizz tv he has been picked by the aged wizard shazam to carry on the wizard's lifelong crusade against crime and the forces of evil Hey there, Drawn and Panel podcast listener. I want to take just a second to tell you about something you didn't know you were missing. I'm John, and along with Mo. Hey, everybody. And George. Hey, how's it going, guys? We are Gen X Grown Up. Gen X Grown Up is a website, YouTube channel, and audio podcast by and for Generation Xers, kids of the late 70s and early 80s who may have grown older but have refused to grow up. Every week on our podcast, we cover media, games, tech, toys, comics, games, and pop culture of yesterday and today through the eyes of guys who grew up loving that stuff. 
And every other week, we do a backtrack where we pick a single nostalgic topic from our youth and dig in deep. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcasts or find us right on our website at genxgrownup.com. If you're a Generation Xer or know someone who is, I hope you'll check out Gen X Grown Up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. George, what's happening, good buddy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you're going too far. What are you, BJ and the bear up in this thing? Are no, you kidding me? <laughs> that's an old reference. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm old. What do you expect? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, tell us what's happening before we go too far down the geriatric path of TV shows. Disney and Fox have merged together. Now, this has been going on for a year, but they finally, it's finally happened. It was, the news was announced earlier this week that everything is settled and Disney has now absorbed the majority of Fox. That's their film, you know, film and television properties. Fox still gets to keep Fox News, Fox Sports, all that other stuff, but but, you know, the big one is X-Men Fantastic Four. Well, obviously, yeah. For our audience, it's all about the comic book merger, right? When are we going to see Deadpool, you know, married with the Avengers or something like that, right? Yes. And, you know, even Ryan Reynolds, I think, posted a, a tweet with Deadpool wearing mouse ears once it was announced. <laughs> so it, it's happening. I think the Marvel slash Disney films have been a little bit better than the Fox films for the larger part, but we'll see how it goes. However, Marvel is also doing something that makes me a little sad. They are selling off the props from the Marvel Netflix shows like Daredevil and Iron Fist and all that stuff. I mean, (laughs) yeah, it's not only that you had to kick me in the teeth by canceling those shows, but now you're going to sell off the props to them too. That's just wrong in all kinds of ways. Right. They're going to auction them off. Uh, We'll have the links in the show notes. So if you want to purchase, you know, Daredevil's mask or Iron Fist's hood or, you know, whatever that's available. But yeah, it's kind of sad. We were hoping that they would get picked up somewhere else, but by them, selling off the props that seems like a sign that maybe those prop or those shows as we know them are dead i guess yeah it doesn't sound like they're going to retool them for a new network or maybe a marvel online thing sounds like they're getting rid of it because they're not planning on bringing it back which is the sad part of it right it is but maybe a few years down the road we'll get maybe some new incarnations on tv or film of daredevil because those are great characters that you know we need to see or at least they I need are to see. great characters <laughs> I hope they involve some of the same creative team that were involved Mm -hmm. this time because I thought Daredevil, Punisher, I loved Iron Fist. I know some people weren't as big a fans of it, but uh, Jessica Jones, I thought all those shows were really fun. They were good representations of my childhood on TV. So I hope that we get something else later on. Joining us today as our special guest is Don Hanfield. Don Hanfield is a film creator, movie producer, comic book creator, all around renaissance man in the world of Hollywood and comic books. Don, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. We are happy to have you on the show. Last time, we had a little discussion with our guest panelist, Jason, and it was a lot of fun. We talked about online comic books versus local comic books, as we mentioned during the guest listener email that we talked about today. Right. Today, I have a different question for Don and for you, and that's where should a new comic book reader start when they're first wanting to get into comic books? Comic books are a big thing now. They're in movies, TV shows, everywhere, and people are starting to want to read comic books for the first time in a lot of cases, but they're a little bit nervous of where to start. Now, 
in the past, we have advocated for trade paperbacks because you can buy the whole thing for 19 or 20 bucks and get the whole story and read it. And that way you're not like behind or you come into issue number three. But there was an interesting video link that was sent to us by one of our listeners, John. Mm-hmm. And in it, I found that there was a unique take that the comic book store owner had. He said that a good writer will allow the story to breathe on its own enough that you don't have to read the first 200 issues of a series in order to enjoy the story and be in with the characters. What do you guys think about that? Well, I think that uh, a lot of the main superhero comics, the ones that are in like the 300s or the 200s, are kind of just such a part of our culture. I mean, my son was wearing Star Wars stuff and knew the characters before he'd ever seen the movies. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, personally, I think a great place to start for people is Free Comic Book Day. It's on Mm, uh, on May 4th this year on Saturday. And, And for people that don't know, that's a day when the Diamond, the distributor, picks a a bunch of titles to give away free to the public. And so the public can just walk in any comic store on that day and they can go away with two, three free comics that they'll just be given. And it's great because they have a, a great selection of titles and all of those titles are by nature to bring new people into comics. So they're all going to be kind of a great entry point and they'll all be a wide variety of children's superhero indie. I think that's a great place to start. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about that. Jason, what about you? Well, I was going to say free comic book day, but then Don got that from me. Uh, the, the <laughs> Sorry, trade, no, you're good. The, the trade paperbacks uh, are a good way to start. You'll pick out a, you know, the first volume of an indie series you like, or, you know, do some research, go online, see, you know, what's your favorite, what's the best Green Lantern stories? Most of those are Spider-Man and pick out a trade paperback uh, and start there. That's kind of a a self-contained story about that character. Well, and you know, Jason, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on one part of what you were saying there. I don't think it's incumbent upon the person wanting to read comics to have to go and do research to figure out what to go buy. I think that it should be a little bit easier of an entry. And I think the two biggest points of that are a, the free comic book day that Don mentioned on May the 4th, but mm-hmm. that only happens once a year. Then there's the Halloween comic fest, which is a smaller version of free comic book day that happens right. around October. Right. But I think that it's more for the local comic book shops. They talk all the time about they're having a hard time staying in business sometimes mm-hmm. and they get closed down because they don't have, it's on them to be welcoming to people as they come into their stores so that the people can, feel comfortable and they can say, oh, you know, I I really want to get into reading comics. What should I do? Okay, well, tell me the kind of things that you like. Well, I like romance novels and I enjoy eating pizza with my friends. Okay, well, let's go take a look at these comic books. And they need to help guide them along so that they don't feel like they're having to do it all on their own. Because I know for me, unless it's something that I'm super into, Mm -hmm. I don't want to go out and do a bunch of research to try and figure it out. I want somebody to kind of make some recommendations that hopefully I'll like. And then I can jump in, but I also don't want to have to go back and buy 20 something issues of a book just to catch up. So I think that that video that we're going to put the link for is very, it makes a good point that the writer needs to structure the stories in such a way that you can start with issue number 12, get caught up really quickly because it's in that issue and understand what's going forward. And then that way you can stay with the book if it's a good story. You know, with TV today, with binge watching TV, I mean, you see mm-hmm. uh, whether it's Game of Thrones or whatever at the beginning of the show, they always have this previously on the mm-hmm, show you're mm-hmm. watching, whether it was Lost or whatever, they should maybe they should do a little paragraph in the front of every comic for people. You know, and some of them do. I There was a couple of books that I've picked up recently, some of the independents where they have this little preamble 
to the story that you're about to read. Like, you know, this character has been doing this and that character has been doing that. I find those very effective for me. Yes. Marvel's been doing that some with their books. They'll have sometimes more than one paragraph to give you a little bit more of what's been going on. And they'll also have pictures of all the characters featured in that issue as well. And I find that's nice sometimes, but they don't do it all the time. Well, so I'm going to throw it out to our listeners out there in the podcast world. What would you guys suggest for people to start when they first want to get into comic books? What are your thoughts? What are your suggestions for people who are interested in joining our ranks as comic book lovers? You know, where should they start? What's the easiest point of entry for them? I'd be interested to see. So write to us at podcast at genxgrownup.com. It's a festive day at the city zoo. A big shipment of new animals has just arrived, and Billy Batson, Wiz TV's star reporter, is on the spot with the news that's hot. The Via VHS podcast is changing lives. Here's some testimonials. Bill from Tallahassee, Florida says, I was able to quit my job and get a Ferrari, just like Magnum P.I. Sue from San Diego, California says, Wow, it really helped with my crippling depression. Thanks, Via VHS. And Tom from Charlotte, North Carolina says, It cured my genital warts. Wow. Listen to the Via VHS podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Up first today on the roundtable, Don Hanfield has a brand new Kickstarter book called Unicorn. Don, this is a really interesting book. Why don't you give us the little quick elevator pitch, 30 seconds so, you know, on what this book is about, why it's important, why you're doing it. Sure. Uh, it's called Unicorn, and it's a family-friendly graphic novel about a little girl who inherits an old horse that she believes is really a unicorn with a broken horn. Uh, oh. you know, and <laughs> the, the reason for it is, I, you know, I'm co-created a show called Nightfall. I produced a film called The Founder. Uh they're either going to shock and horrify my children or they're going to put them to sleep. So I wanted to do something <laughs> that uh, my kids could enjoy and see. And, and beyond that, a little more uh, of a personal connection is uh, my stepfather passed in September. My uh, wife's stepfather, who was really close to her, also passed um, last year. And my writing partner, Joshua, all of us are kind of at that age where we're experiencing a lot of loss. And it's one thing to cope with as an adult. What we're also hoping is that we can create something to help kids kind of deal with loss as well, but in a way that's not super dark, where it's kind of keeps things light and, and letting kids know that, you know, they never really have to let go to ones they've lost. They can always kind of stay connected to them, at least in their heart. So that was kind of the emotional reason. So you sent us like, I think, seven to nine pages so far of what you guys have produced. And yeah. we really appreciate that. Getting to see a book as it's developing is a yeah. very different thing than I've always gotten to read the books after they've been produced. This is, you know, as it's being worked, which is really a fun process for me. And I found that the artwork, first of all, mm -hmm. top notch artwork. A absolutely. That's, that's some gorgeous artwork. Oh, and thanks. Then, and that, yeah, that's Rafael Lorero who does uh, the mall for me also. He's great. Exactly. Excellent. Yeah. Amazing. The mall from Scout yeah. Comics, which is one right. of my favorites going right now. I also love the dialogue, which I'm assuming is your handiwork, right? Uh, Josh and I, yeah, we're writing partners and we both come from the film and television world. Yeah. So it's both of us. Yeah. It's really good. It, it has a nice flow to it and everything. I was curious to, because reading these pages, having them and 
the whole story's not finished. It was interesting to try and figure out where you were going to go with it. So now that I've heard right. your elevator pitch, it makes a lot more sense in my head. I like the little girl, mm-hmm. the little hood that's over the horse, you know, to kind of show the broken yeah. place on the horn. That It's just so magical. No, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that's a, a fly bonnet. I was learning a lot about horses for this. And, and, you know, Josh and I, for the source, which this is all part of the source universe. It's just the source is, again, a little bit adult. This is sort of the, the YA or family-friendly way into that sort of universe, which is basically a universe modern day everything is real like we know it, but magic is actually something that's been outlawed for thousands of years. And there's sort of a kind of forces behind the scenes trying to keep it secret. Oh, sure. Um, but in the source is a very hot book right now. Don, can you tell us a little bit about the collaboration process with you and your creative team? Are you all in the same place? Are you corresponding and sending pages over email? How does that work? Yeah, well, you know, I, I've, it's interesting because I've done, um, you know, I, my first book was The Rift, which mm-hmm. I found a Brazilian artist named Leno Carvalho, who I love, and he's actually doing the source for me as well. And I, um, with, with my second book, The Mall, Raphael is also Brazilian. And then I'm doing a, uh, another book called The Dark Age that's coming out Free Comic Book Day this year that's also Brazilian. So I've all, all, always worked with Brazilians. I've never been to Brazil. I don't speak Portuguese. <laughs> So it's been always on Facebook or on Skype or whatever. And I send them the scripts and they get them translated. You know, as far as the creative teams, um, you know, I'm writing the source with Joshua and Unicorn with Joshua Malkin, who is also a writer and a screenwriting professor. And he, you know, he wrote Cabin Fever 2. And he's also just been a great friend of mine. I mean, the source actually started as a screenplay that we never sent out that we've been working on for literally eight years. It's oh, kind wow. of like we just keep rewriting wow. it and keep rewriting it. And it's such a, um, it, it, it always felt so kind of, it was always kind of personal to us and always kind of, but also kind of really nerdy. And we never quite got it there where we felt like, oh yeah, people are going to understand this. And when I started doing comics, I said, Josh, let's just do it as a comic. And it's been really kind of gratifying and interesting and odd that people have really responded to the book because it's one that I literally just did because it's something that me and my friend loved and I wanted it to kind of live in the world and not just sitting on a shelf as a screenplay that we never sent out. So now we love independent books Absolutely. here at Drawn and Paneled, obviously. So Jason, you have a book from what's considered an independent company. Tell us a little bit about Assassination. Assassination, again, it's two words, is from Image Books, uh, Image Comics. It's about a group of hitmen or hit, hit women that all get in one room together to find out who's trying to kill uh, the number one hitman, or he was formerly the number one hitman. Now he's a crime boss and he's hired all these top assassins to help find out who uh, is trying to kill him. And uh, hilarity ensues, or actually bullets and carnage ensue. Right. <laughs> I guess depending upon your viewpoint, hilarity, bullets, carnage, it's all the same thing, right? right? Yeah, th- there was some couple ca- colorful characters in the mix of these uh crime these assassins i did like how they framed this story as though the assassins have what appears to be a scoreboard or ranking system so to speak that you know here's the number one here's the number two Mm -hmm. all the way through like the number 20 person right and it kind of the names on them you could tell they weren't their real names obviously they had chosen Mm -hmm. what you might consider like gamer tags or handles or something like that for the different characters and i i found it really fun unique great art style i enjoyed that part image always does great with their artwork. Uh, Don, you know, you're a creator. What did you think about this book? You know, I dug it, man. You know, it's funny, man, because I'm not usually into like the guns and the and the fighting and stuff like that and the gore, man. But I, I, I thought the book was really sharp, man. I, I thought it was a lot of fun, man. It, it mm-hmm. kind of had that uh, Tarantino vibe to it. Um, and it just, oh, good you know, point. Yes. 
thing. Nice. Love the art style. I thought it was really great, man. And and I was started reading about Kyle after, and I see he's from Southern Indiana. So I was born in Indiana. <laughs> so he's he's a Hoosier nice. man. So he must be. A, I'm sure he's a good man as well. <laughs> I never met him. But. <laughs> And they narrowed it down. I was afraid that it was going to be a series of like 20 something characters. But by the end of it, you get your, you know, core, core cast by the end of the book. And so, right. And they do that in a very, you know, you mentioned Don Quentin Tarantino. They do this in a Tarantino fashion to whittle down yeah. the character. Mm-hmm. So you're not having to follow, like you said, 20, 30 different storylines. It's, oh, look, there's all these people here. Let's just kill them all. That's Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was yeah, a neat like, way of paring down a cast, I thought. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. And then you can save a lot of money on cast fees. You get a lot of cameos, and then you're like, you're going to only pay you one episode. Right. Because right. yeah, <laughs> you can see this as like a movie or a TV show, right? Like in the right. first one, you see, you know, Brad Pitt walks in as this guy, and Angelina yeah. Jolie is that person, and blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, they're all dead, so now we don't have to pay for all that craziness. Right. You know? But you got all the notoriety of having them involved with the first few right. minutes of a show. I like that they did it in a tongue-in-cheek kind of way in this book as well. You know, the guy guy who's hired all these people he's definitely a jerk like i kind of want him to die really quickly but yeah. that probably kills the storyline that they have in mind well it's, it's interesting when you get these fantastical premises like this which is like a world of assassins and stuff like that when they have something like that you kind of it's almost interesting because it makes you go like oh well that's like the real world there's some guy with a lot of money who's a total dick and mm-hmm. you know he, he controls right. yeah, yeah, he there's something tanks. to latch on to there so yeah <laughs> right I liked that they included the one of the assassins was like a fanboy. He was wanting to get their picture, his picture with all of the assassins yeah. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he just wanted autographs yeah. and pictures. Right, and, and his name was Dave or something. He had like a nor- an ordinary name. Yeah, I thought. That yeah, was- everybody else is like Lothario this and Two Eyes that, and this guy's yeah. I'm Dave. Yeah. Can I have your autograph? <laughs> Assassination. It's from Image Comics. It's a monthly book, Jason. It is monthly. Yes. Okay. So so. we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, this is issue number one. So we talked earlier during the new segment, you know, how do you get into comics? This is a good place to start. We're in issue number one. It's got a fun story. It's a recommendation from Drawn and Paneled, your favorite podcast ever. So why not pick up a book and start reading? George, what have you brought to the roundtable for us today? Well, you know, I'm a big fan of Scout Comics. Yes. Obviously, that's where Don and I know each other from a little bit. You know, his mm-hmm. mall comic is probably my favorite Scout book going right now. It and Solar Flare are pretty much tied. Um, they have a new book that's been out for a little while now. It's called Oblivion. Right. And the I and the O after the V are actually with a one eight. So if you're searching for it online, it's Oblivi18N. So O-B-L-I-V-1-8-N. It's a little weird. You can probably find it by just typing the word Oblivion comic and you can find it there. But I know there was a previous comic book that was also called Oblivion. So anyway, uh, it's from Scout Comic Books. It's essentially the world is a normal world. And then one night as this girl is going to her current boyfriend's house to make that first leap into womanhood, so to speak, uh, everything goes haywire. All the adults seem to disappear and magical creatures come back into the world. It's really kind of weird and creepy. And there's all this kind of, I don't know, Lord of the Flies feel to it which is something that I really love. And the main character, she is just really engaging. She is. Yeah. That, that first, uh, her first intro with her boyfriend, seeing him with another woman. And then she's hell bent on, you know, losing her virginity and just her interactions with her brother. Uh, yeah, it's very engaging. Well, now Don, you have daughters, you said, right? Yep. I have one daughter, one daughter, one son. I have a 10 year old daughter, eight year old son. She's not at the age of the girl in this story yet. The girl in this story, 
he's like 16, 18. As a father, how is reading a book like this, how does it, you know, sit with you as far as raising your children? Do some of the actions that these kids have in this book, do they feel authentic to you? Do they feel real? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing, I mean, you know, there's nothing about this that didn't feel, I mean, obviously the premise is a, is a heightened premise, but I mean, I thought the, I thought, I thought the writing was, was really great. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, as far as the, I've been blissfully sort of avoiding the thoughts of my daughter as a teenager. She's already (laughs) kind of a teenager as it is, but my daughter is, 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 you know, blissfully into comic books and comic conventions. I'm going to take them to uh, WonderCon today down in Anaheim. It's like, she is uh, nerdy out as planned by me. And I love it because I think it hopefully keeps her uh, out of trouble for as long as possible. You know. Well, now, so as a parent and everything, you've read this book now, do you feel any like attachment or camaraderie with these children? Do you want to shepherd them or do you think they're jerks or what's your take on the characters? Um, you know, look, I, I'm a big fan of Lord of the Flies. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, mm-hmm. it's a book where you, it's a book you read and you, you kind of think about the hierarchy of, uh, of, of children. And it's, there's something kind of very human and kind of raw about it, you know, and, and Lord of the Flies is an example. It's like you have the, the popular kids and the not popular kids and the sort of battle for supremacy between them. And so sort of how these, these things kind of relate and how, I think it's a fascinating thing to think about. And, and, you know, obviously there's something kind of mystical going on here that they're trying to figure out that makes it a little more, um, kind of heightened, but, uh, I, I thought it was a really interesting book. I thought it was also cool that it didn't take the kids long to figure out that they could do whatever the hell they want. Yes. Like as, right. as she's trying to, cause the main character, you know, she's got her younger brother who's, um, who's blind. And then she's trying to get to her middle brother. Who's in a juvenile detention facility in the big city. But as she's going from one place to another, all these different kids, like some of them are still kind of following the rules. Like they show up at school to try and figure out what's going on because all their parents have disappeared. And, but then others of them, you can tell they've already gone full Lord of the flies and they're forming gangs mm-hmm. and robbing people. And you know, all this kind of horrible, things. It didn't take them long. Is that, I mean, that to me felt authentic because kids, especially today, it wouldn't take them long to figure out what was going on and to make a decision and start moving forward. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. I mean, as a writer, you're always dealing with things where something really fantastical happens to a character and you always have to kind of, you know, you, you, you need them to react to that, but then you need to move on with their life because no one wants to watch a movie about someone or read a comic book about someone just freaking out about the situation for, for, for right. too long. They have to sort of take action. So I think that's, it's always a challenge as a writer, but I think in this case, it's interesting. You know, it, it seems to stem from character and there's different groups of people doing different things. I mean, um, is this how it would really be in the world? I don't know. You know, I think it's, we've seen, when I always look at life, I always look at history and I'm like, well, when the power went out in Manhattan, people didn't riot. They actually had barbecues and it was like kumbaya, which is, was very unusual. Wow. Mm-hmm. Especially for New York. That doesn't feel right, right? <laughs> yeah. And same with the, with the, the Japanese nuclear reactor accident. Same thing mm-hmm. I heard. There was no looting. Everyone was helping each other out. And there's something kind of human about the fact that people do want to help each other. But we all know that there's also a part of humanity that just wants to take advantage of people that are weaker than themselves. So I think that's always the, that's the Lord of the Flies. That's, that's, you know, sort of the the baseline for this that's human nature and I think part of what makes these kind of stories interesting is we're always wondering where would I sit how would I do how would I survive and, and I think that's always something compelling to think about well and I think too I mean in a lot of those situations those examples you're giving there's adults around right so there's people who have life yeah. experience and they know okay yes I can go and do this and take and 
control my own little section and do mm-hmm. all these things, but it's yeah. probably better to serve the community so that we all work together to, you know, figure out this solution. And I think kids might be devoid of that experience a little bit. So I could see them going, you know, full Rambo right. almost in a lot of these situations. Jason, what do you think yeah. about the book? I like the book. Uh, I agree with both of you that there's a lot of chaos and the, the way they handle the children. You know, some of them go Lord of the Fly, some don't. I really like the little brother. I think he's a great character. He's oh, the blind little, little blind brother. Little brother, yeah. yes. Uh, he's he's great. And there's a great scene where they pick up her, the sister's friend, and she's just not very nice to the brother at all. And you know, f- gives him the finger and says it's no fun to give a blind kid a finger. And the brother's like, well, wh- right. what's the finger? Like it's just yeah. <laughs> he's he's kind of oblivious in a sense and he he wears crazy clothes and he's just he's kind of he kind of gives that humor to the rest of it's pretty bleak as far as you know some of the Lord of the Flies type stuff and the parents disappearing and he kind of gives that needed humor to the the story and the situation. Yeah, I did like his character. He kind of he brings in a little bit of that innocence but at the same time he seems to be a little bit worldly, you know, he's lived with a disability for yes, a large part of his life, obviously. And I think his sense of humor and sense of self have been born of that. And I I think it's really cool, especially, you know, as the story develops, I don't want to give too much away because they're in issue four, I think now. Mm-hmm. I think it's issue four or five, something like that. Um, and his character has some physical changes as well, some mental changes that come up in the later issues that are important to his story. I, I can't wait to read more of this. This is definitely going to be one that's on my pull list from now and forever. Uh, when Unicorn comes out, Don, as soon as that book hits the hits the Kickstarter airwaves. I'm all over that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome, man. And I think Jason, I think I'm I think I'm going to go with Assassination too. I like I kind of like all three of these books this week. Now we picked three winners. Fools! Did they think they could escape the vengeance of Doctor Alarog forever? <laughs> I'll show them all of them. <laughs> Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. You may have seen NBC's TV movie A Twist of Fate. A Nazi who became a Jew and for decades <laughs> got away with it. How could you do it? Ben Cross, Veronica Hamill, Twist of Fate. Premier Sunday. Yeah. A Nazi who became a Jew. If we, oh my God, it's the reverse Stephen Miller story. <laughs> if we hadn't had... <laughs> now I have to see it because like the scene where they show him like a Nazi who became a Jew, that little clip on the YouTube video... <laughs> Is like the Joker's transition. Oh, he had plastic. The story is he had plastic surgery. So what plastic surgery did you have, my friend, to make yourself look more Jewish? Be (laughs) specific. Just a just a Nazi trying to do the right thing. Jump into the past with thirty twenty ten every Thursday on LaserTimePodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now we've come to the time where we talk about what we're going to pick up on New Comic Book Day. And as always, we start with our guest. Don, what are you looking forward to on New Comic Book Day? Well, there's two books that I am just bought that I've been tracking this series of that are Kickstarter books that I think are great. Well, one is called White Ash, 
um, by Charlie Stickney, which I don't know if you guys have read this, but it's this great book where it's set in a coal mine, uh, like in West Virginia, and you have this sort of high, natural hierarchy of like a coal mine where you have the miners and you have the rich owner of the mine. And what you find out at the end of issue one of this series is that the miners are actually dwarves and the owners of the mine are actually elves. Oh, <laughs> wow. But it's set in modern day. So it's a cool, it's a really cool premise and it's really well done. Um, that, that's one that, and he has a Kickstarter now going for another volume of his book, which is great. And another book that I dig is by Ben Bishop. He has a series called The Aggregate. Uh, Ben's a, uh, he does a lot of Ninja Turtles. He just did Drawing Blood uh, about Kevin Eastman. And he actually has a series called The Aggregate, which is uh, the first split decision comic, which is a comic book where you actually like a choose your own adventure type. Oh, oh very cool. nice. Yeah. And he is doing issue two of The of the Aggregate is on Kickstarter now. I think he met his goal in like in like a, a day or so. He's It's done really well. But I, I like Ben's stuff a lot. He's from Maine. Speaking of Maine, another guy named Joe Schmalky who has a book called Electric mm-hmm. Black. It's also on Kickstarter, which is, it's a great kind of like, it's kind of like a creep show vibe, but kind of a modern take on it in the sense that there's yeah, a Joe store. was actually a guest on our show recently. Oh, he was. Okay, great. Yeah. His stuff, it's great too. I love that book. And I think uh, those are also, all three of these guys are also great guys. I, I had the, the pleasure of meeting them all in person and they're all great guys and, and um, their books are solid. So I'm definitely looking forward to keeping reading them as they come out. Cool. Jason, what about you? What's on your pull list for this week? Quite a few things. When I go to the uh, store on Wednesday, I will be picking up Glow Number 1, which is based off of the popular Netflix show about 80s women wrestling. I love the show. Looking forward to the book. Bone Parish Number 8, another favorite of Drawn and Paneled. Mm-hmm, Planet, right. Planet of the Apes When Worlds Collide. This is a trade paperback of short stories involving, you know, little side stories from the original Planet of the Apes series, but also side stories from the new Planet of the Apes trilogy. I like the property and I think it's kind of cool that they're kind of combining, you know, the old stuff and the new stuff together. Sabrina, the Teenage Witch number one drops. That's real popular. You know, Sabrina's popular on Netflix and now she's got a new comic book. And Rise, number one, from Scout Comics also looks very intriguing. George, uh, as always, I have to ask, what's in your allowance this week for New Comic Book Day? <laughs> well, yeah, my allowance is always a hot topic on Drawn and Paneled as far as what my my wife allows me to spend on comic books. Uh, I'm just not going to ask her this time because I found that every time I ask, I get in trouble. So I'm just going to ask for forgiveness after the fact. It's always easier than permission. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I'm going to pick up Glow number one as well. Uh, that's a series that I've really enjoyed. Fight Club three, issue number three is also coming out. And then because it's the third Wednesday of the month, Diamond says that Scout is putting out all these books. Now, we know that because of Scout and the independent nature of their publishing and everything, that Diamond just lists all their books on this Wednesday, but they might come out at different mm-hmm. points during the month. So Rise number one, obviously, the one that you mentioned, Jason. Also, Shadow Play number three, which is a really fun series in the Stabity Bunny right. universe. Stabity Ever After number two also obviously in that same universe and then a new series that they've got called star bastard which looks really yes promising. i like the title <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a good title i'm also going to pick up bad luck chuck number one and straight jacket number one so these are a couple of new number one series that are coming out this week i want to just pick them up see how they do in the first stories and then if they're interesting enough i'll probably put them on my pull list for for the future okay cool Hmm, I think we better get down to the zoo and see what this monkey business is all about. I don't know. Billy will be back soon. Don't you think we should wait for him in case there's any trouble? 
This is an imaginary podcast, which may never have happened. The Shortbox Showcase. But then again may have. About a father and daughter who came from Ohio and talked about comics. It tells of their rise to glory, when the great guests were yet to be booked, and the great feats of editing not yet performed. Of how they spoke at length and reviewed in brief tales that explore creatively the bounds of a given character's history and the ability of strong writing to encapsulate and transcend its time. This is an imaginary podcast, aren't they all? Shortbox Showcase is part of the Relatively Geeky family of podcasts. And remember, we're not experts. We're just family. If anything in this episode has piqued your interest, we put links in the show notes you can click on to find out more. Catch up on past shows and be alerted every week when a new one drops by subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast. Also, if you're enjoying what we do, help us keep the lights on by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. And we love to hear from our podcast listeners, so please write to us at podcast at drawnandpanel.com. And that will wrap it up for another edition of the Drawn and Paneled Podcast. Before we get out of here, Don, I want to give you a chance to tell everybody where they can pick up Unicorn and all your other work. Yeah, sure. You can get it. Actually, our Kickstarter launches on Tuesday, March 26th at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And you can just go to unicornbook.com. But one specific thing to mention is unicorn with a K, U-N-I-K-O-R-N, book, B-O-O-K.com. And a unicorn with a K is a unicorn that has had its horn removed to keep it safe from people that might try to harm it, much like they just <laughs> off a rhino. So yeah, hope people will show up and grab the book. You know, it's something great. If you have kids or you don't have, you don't have kids, you just want to read about unicorns. Then uh, this is the it's a grounded a grounded look into the world of unicorns and magic. Hopefully, people pick it up. Sounds cool. We'll be back in two weeks with our regular episode, but next week we'll be back with our back issue edition of the Drawn and Panel Podcast. Jason, what are we going to talk about next week? We are going to 1987 for Shazam: The New Beginning where it introduced Shazam to a post-crisis DC universe. Nice. That'll be a lot of fun. Cool. Don, I want to thank you so much for joining us this week. Thanks so much for having me, man. This is great. It was really great to talk to you guys. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you having me on, man. Really do. Absolutely. Jason, thank you so much for joining me as always. Uh, It's my pleasure as always. And we will see you guys next time. See you guys later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the GWW.com. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days being a grown up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Basically,
life sucks as it grows up. All right. I think that was good enough. I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> no. Right.